The Lakers get what might be their biggest win of the season. Devin Booker goes off. And, wait, the Hawks actually won a game? This is Locked On NBA. (laughs) You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily podcast covering the NBA at large. Glad you're with with us. Thanks for making us part of your day and making us your first listen each and every day. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network and the co-host of Locked On Nuggets. Joining me is David Ramil, co-host of Locked On Heat. David, it's MLK Day, important day for everyone in America. Absolutely. Important day for the NBA. And you and I have been watching basketball for about 15 hours. How you doing, buddy? A little tired, a little burnt out, but excited. It's a great, great slate of games tonight and uh, a special holiday, as you said. A lot of work to be done around the country and a good reminder of that as we're watching basketball and trying to enjoy ourselves. A lot of people can't. So uh, let's keep that in mind as we move forward and recap our games. We'll start off in Los Angeles, right? We're the biggest game. We're the biggest win of the season for the Lakers, perhaps, over a a team in Utah that looked like they were going to be able to put things away again. Of course, we've seen this Lakers team be somewhat inconsistent throughout the season, and that looked like to be the case today. No Carmelo Anthony for the Lakers. Of course, no AD either. They were down big to the Utah Jazz, and we've seen Utah. This is the inverse of what Utah has normally done. They've given up big leads, and although they had a big lead early on, it looked like they were going to be able to pull away but then something happened in the fourth quarter, something we never would have expected, certainly not in Detroit or elsewhere. The big Stanley Johnson game, he takes over, making great plays defensively, making the right reads, uh, making smart passes, chasing down rebounds, attacking Rudy Gobert in the paint and getting to the rim at will. A couple big and one drives there to punctuate a nice scoring night for him where he had 15.7 of nine shooting from the field. And the Lakers... Go on to win it 101 to 95 for the Utah Jazz. The Lakers at 500, 2022 and 22, and 29-15 record for the Utah Jazz. Again, somewhat struggling. I, I'm not sure what to make of this game. A big win for the Lakers, as I said. A big dunk for Russell Westbrook that seems to have everybody split on Twitter. But then again, that's the nature of Twitter overall. An okay game for Westbrook. Well, maybe not. 5 of 14. But he does have that big dunk, so that's something to remember by. Uh, is Stanley Johnson a legitimate rotation player at this point? Is that how far the Lakers have fallen? Well, they're kind of counting on Stanley Johnson to be able to carry them to a victory. I think he's... He's okay. He's okay in spots. I don't think you can rely on him, right? I mean, no three-point shot, no real offensive repertoire to speak of. He's a player. He's out there, and he's making contributions, so that's something. Yeah, I mean, it was a phenomenal performance from him, 7-9 and from the field. He had the one of the biggest plays of the game was an offensive rebound, got it over to Bradley yeah. for a three. That was huge. That's right. Yep. Um, put the, the moves on Gobert in the post and scored on the DPOI. <laughs> That was phenomenal. They need guys, right? Like the Lakers just need the Lakers need somebody every night to give LeBron some help because it's not going to be Russ. Um, although I will say, Russ put the game away with a coast to coast M one. He that was like the play that absolutely put this game away. Stanley put them in position for it, but that was a phenomenal uh, situation or possession for Russ uh, yeah. for the Jazz. Look, the back to back. They just beat the Nuggets on the back-to-back. Now they, they get their own turn to lose on a back-to-back. On top of it, um, in the fourth quarter, 
the Lakers went small. Stanley Johnson yep. switched everything. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert had had more than one possession, David, where they s- switched, and then they tried to scram it. The Lakers tried to scram it, which means you try and get the right defender back onto him. Had a miscommunication. Right. Both guys started to go for him and then moved away from him, and the Jazz right. still did not get him the ball. They do not trust Rudy Gobert to punish these mismatches. That is still a fundamental problem until they figure that problem out. They, I will just say that like, they can't win a title. They cannot win a title as long as this is still the situation where Jazz guards are looking at Rudy Gobert open in the paint and they're like, I'll take my chances with a Jordan Clarkson contested three. Like That yeah. is still an absolutely huge problem, but a big win for the Lakers. Your team that you cover, the Miami Heat, yeah. uh, faced off against a plucky, resilient, tough, Toronto Raptors squad. Tell me about that Absolutely. game. Absolutely. It was a good one. Welcoming back Bam Adebayo for the first time in 49 days. He hadn't played since November 29th. Uh, of course, he got injured against the Denver Nuggets, a team that you cover. And uh, Bam sitting out for a significant amount of time. Miami able to do a pretty good job over that record, over that time, a 15-8 and eight record over that span. Uh, they've incorporated a lot of different players. It's been a true testament for Eric Spolster trying to get all these players to step up and become contributors. Omer Yurtseven, their third string center, has been starting a number of games and putting up big numbers as a result because Bam's been out. He didn't play a single minute today with Bam and Abayo. And you could tell uh, there was a shift in the offensive philosophy that Miami's adopted over the last few weeks without Bam and Abayo. Much more movement. Uh, Jimmy Butler's been in and out of the lineup. Of course, he's going to hold on to the ball being Jimmy Butler and he's going to create offense for himself. The offense had shifted somewhat into a much more egalitarian uh, version of that offense. And uh, tonight, that wasn't the case. They were mostly going through Bam, mostly going through Jimmy, but they were still getting major contributions from Tyler Hero, 23 points from him. And as you said, this Raptors team is very good. Their length really challenged Miami all night. It was Every possession was a very difficult one. It was a playoff-like atmosphere at FTX Arena, if you can possibly say that about a mid-January game. But ultimately, the Miami Heat came away with a victory, 104 to 99, putting them just percentage points below the Chicago Bulls for second in the Eastern Conference. And now they're getting finally healthy. P.J. Tucker's back. Uh, Kyle Lowry missed tonight's game due to personal reasons, but he should be back in the lineup soon. At least that's the expectation. Uh, overall, a good game for the Heat. Uh, I think they still have significant questions about what version of their offense is best. And right now, they're also dealing with a major issue in Duncan Robinson, who seems to be mired in a longer slump than anybody anticipated. He only wound up playing 18 minutes, mostly due to foul trouble, but also because he just wasn't very effective defensively as well. Max Struess, uh, another developmental player for the Heat, getting a bulk of those minutes in place of Duncan Robinson. And Duncan actually returning to the starting lineup tonight for the first time in five games. So some questions for the Heat, but overall a good solid win for them against, again, a plucky, gritty Toronto Raptors team. It's interesting. Uh, I noticed that the Heat are up to 11th in half-court offense, which is a far cry from where they were back in November. They've made real strides there. Also, mm-hmm. league people... People around the league, the sources, uh, there's a little bit of burbling about Duncan Robinson. A little bit. A little bit of the Heat really like Max Struess. That's when you ask about the situation there, there, there's a lot of really like Max Struess. I think Max Struess is a really good player. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. I will tell you, uh, I just put down a bet. I have a lot of bets, but I put just a down bet on the Miami Heat to win the Eastern Conference. I think they match up extremely well. I think they are skating under the radar. I hope they don't get to the first seed. Because the other first seed, they're going to get all the attention. I don't want that. I want them to just cruise <laughs> under the radar 
stay quiet and then get to the playoffs where I think they match up well with every team that they'll have to go through. But um, the Miami Heat, I think, are definitely more of a threat to the Eastern Conference than they're being given credit for. Last game before we get a break, let's talk about the Blazers and the Magic. And uh, we save this one for the last part of this segment because not a lot to talk about in this one. So the thing with the Blazers lately has been Anthony Simons going thermonuclear, and that did not happen tonight. Um, really no blazer went crazy. 21 points from Yusuf Nurkic, 10 of 21 from the field, plus 23, 22 boards, 21 and 22 line, uh, for Nurkic, a really good night for him. But the big story here is just the magic can't score. Uh, the magic just cannot score. They absolutely shot eight, eight of 32 for 25% from three point range shot 38% from the field. They could not buy a single Bucket Franz Wagner once again another yeah. good game. Oh, a five from three, but fourteen points, uh, five boards, two assists. They just did not have it. Um, I will say Wendell Jr. missed this game. Now, yeah, that doesn't really matter here in terms of the outcome because the Blazers were missing, you know, Damian Lillard and Callum and all these really good players, and so they should win this game, and they did win this game. But I will say that Wendell Carter Jr. has probably been, in my opinion, the best player this season mm-hmm. for. The magic. Um, I that's my personal opinion, but he was out in this game. Um, obviously, still no Jonathan Isaac, still no Markel Fultz, still no Michael Carter Williams. So the magic are still really shorthanded. Um, and they just did not have they did not have it offensively in this game, even versus what I consider to be probably the worst defense in the league in Portland. So rough night for the magic offensively. Yeah. Uh well, they did welcome back McCollum uh for the on the Blazers side. He was actually yeah, uh, yeah, know, sorry, sorry, I'm, sorry. Yeah. No, no, he, he came back in his first game tonight, 7 of 13 from the field, 16 points. So an, an okay game for him. They actually travel further south to take on the Miami Heat on Wednesday night, so that should be a good game. I'm most looking forward to that game because it's Star Wars night at FTX Arena, so that should be exciting. But uh, I'm yeah. not very excited to see this Blazers team because they're not really the team they've been in years past, and that was evident against the Magic tonight. But we'll move on and talk about other more interesting games in the next segment. Yeah, we'll get to those games after the break, but first I want to tell you about prize picks. You've heard, been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Because if you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Users get 50 bucks for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who use code NBA. They've got the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points, assists, rebounds, threes made, etc. You pick two to five players and over-under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks also allows mixed sport entries, so you can get down with rebounds for one player and touchdowns for another and mix them up as the NFL playoffs continue. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Go to prizepix.com today or go to the App Store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first PrizePix entry scores a single point. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA.
right, back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. I do promise that I did watch the Blazers game, and I did notice that C.J. McCollum was back because I actually said to my wife, I can't believe a guy has a collapsed lung this season and came back from it. So (laughs) glad to see C.J. McCollum back out there. Uh, Dishing dimes making shots, and hopefully drinking some wine afterwards because I know CJ's a big wine guy. Let's continue our romp around this big MLK Day schedule and talk about Hawks versus Bucks. This was maybe the biggest game of the day. I think it was arguably, if it wasn't for the Lakers, you know, getting a win because that's always a big deal in the NBA these days. Um, I I think probably Bucks-Hawks was maybe the biggest one just in terms of the Hawks have been so bad. Uh, They've just struggled so much. They haven't been able to get a win at home in months. It's been a disaster the Bucks controlled this game and we're constantly ahead and we're ahead almost the entire time until about the six minute mark of the fourth. And then they just collapsed. It just absolutely imploded. Uh, like they got 34 from Chris Middleton, who was incredible in this game. They got 27 from Giannis, who was really good. Uh, they got 13 for Bobby Portis, 14 for Pat Connaughton, not much else, but it was enough. But the Bucks, 30 points, uh, 30 points and 11 assists from Trey Young on 7-17 shooting. You know who's actually really important to this game, David, was Danilo Gallinari. Uh, mm. Gallo in the fourth quarter was just driving and drawing fouls. And that's like, he got eight free throws. And they yeah. just did it over and over and over again. And that got them to hang in the game. And then eventually they were able to make some threes. And the Bucks just kind of ran out of gas. Without Drew Holiday, this Bucks team is simply not the same. Like they, Because they reconstructed this team around, basically, yeah. they sacrificed some depth to get yep. through holiday last year, won a title. If they do not have three of the big four and they're not going to have Brooke Lopez for however long, if yep. they don't have three of the big four, they're in real, sh- real trouble versus any team that poses a threat. So a really disappointing loss for the bucks who had this one really in the bag and a desperation yep. win from the Hawks who are facing all sorts of questions at the trade deadline. Everyone seems unhappy and looked bad for three quarters, but they get the win. Yeah, uh, no, that's a good point. Uh, the Hawks have been looking quite shaky of late uh i saw them twice against the heat just last week they lost both of those games uh couldn't find any kind of consistent offense certainly problems defensively tonight i think though as you mentioned no drew holiday and you could see that because it was a big game from trey young 30 points 14 free throw attempts he went 14 of 14 at the line 7 of 17 from the field that was the big story i think is that he put in those points when it mattered most to help the hawks come away with a much needed win Let's go to D.C., mm. where the Philadelphia 76ers took on a Wizards team that has been not good lately, but they got back Bradley Beal. They got yep. back what is pretty close to a full complement. Like, they were actually healthy for once today. Yep. Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant and Montrez yep. Harrell. Everybody play. Tell me about what happened in Sixers-Wizards uh, as the Wizards get the win once yeah, that was. That was a a big game for the Wizards, certainly. I thought it was going to be an easy victory for the Sixers. The Sixers have looked very, very good defensively, even without Ben Simmons, of course. They've looked great defensively. Of course, Joel Embiid continues to put up MVP numbers, even though he did so today. As you mentioned, the Sixers still couldn't find a way to to, uh, just get past 
all the depth on Washington's side of the ball, something that I don't think we could have said before. The Beal return, a nice, you know, nice game for him, not a completely overwhelming one. Five of 12 from the field for 13 points. Contavious Caldwell-Popes had 14 points, including seven in the third quarter as the uh, Sixers were drawing close to try and cut into the Wizards' lead, and he was able to help the Wizards push their lead to some degree. Uh, again, they just kept outdistancing the Sixers. A good game, I think, for Washington to show that they have much more depth than a lot of people expected. Montrez Harrell had 18 points off the bench. Thomas Bryant actually provided a nice, uh, uh, you know, nice boost off the bench as well for 15 points in one of his first games back from uh, a long-term injury. He hasn't played basketball in over a year. But what really stood out to me uh, in tonight's game is that despite the huge game from MB, 32 points, 10 of 20 from the field, 9 of 10 from the free throw line, is that this team lives and dies without Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, you're going to get something from somebody other than Embiid, but what that has to be is it has to be more from Tobias Harris. Uh, you're living and dying by Tobias Harris, as the Sixers have been all year. The 3 of 11 from the field, just 7 points for Harris, and it was evident that without him providing some secondary scoring, the Sixers just weren't going to be able to contend with the Wizards team that found their range defense. I mean, offensively putting up points, getting to the rim at will, uh, attacking Embiid regularly, trying to get him into foul trouble, etc. Uh, and again, a big win for the Wizards. One thing maybe keep an eye on with them. So Daniel Gafford starts this game. He plays yep. eight minutes and 28 seconds. He Thomas Bryant comes off the bench. He goes for yeah. 15 points on six of 11 shooting and five boards in just 15 minutes and 43 seconds. And then Montrez Harrell has 21 minutes, 18 points in 21 minutes on six of nine shooting and seven boards yeah. uh, and is a plus nine. I think that probably the Wizards are going to have to figure something out the deadline in terms of I don't think there's room for all three of those guys on the roster. It'll be interesting to see. Who's, who's most likely to get moved then? Because I'm not sure. Who, I mean, Brian, I guess you have concerns. He probably is the lo best long-term project of the three. Um but I just, given his injury history, I'm not sure if you want to make that kind of major investment. While Harrell has been their most productive player, at the same time, he's also limited in what he can do. So of those three, do you feel comfortable saying which one you would be most inclined to trade if you were the Wizards? I think if you're the Wizards, you're probably looking to trade. I would want to trade Gafford. Yeah. That's the one I would want to trade because I'm big on Thomas Bryant. Like, yeah. if I'm another team, I'm looking at Thomas Bryant being like, okay, reasonable contract. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good deal. Yeah. Not long term, right? Productive, mm -hmm. and all I got to do it like, and I can get better value on this trade because of the injury status. Yeah, like that seems like a guy that I think someone might kick the tires on. Uh, it'll be interesting to, to watch with, uh, I believe, twenty four days until the NBA trade deadline. Uh, yeah. Let's go out to Cleveland, where yeah. <laughs> this team will not lose. Just the Cleveland Cavaliers will not lose. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how many people are down. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter the, the circumstances. They just get it done. They're just a really good team. Uh, Darius Garland was fantastic tonight in the 114-107 win by the Cleveland Cavaliers over the Brooklyn Nets without Katie. Uh, yeah. 22 points and 12 assists for Darius Garland, who is making a very strong all-star case. Uh, Evan Mobley only had 12 points on 5 of 11 shots, but every time that he has these little runs where he impacts the game, like they stand yeah. out to me so much. Uh, Jared right. Allen, 14 and 10 in this game. They space those bigs out, David, oh, and yeah. just have them dive the rim, and it creates such a tough matchup because the Nets are small anyway. 
right. their bigs are plotting and slow, like LaMarcus Aldridge, right? And Blake Griffin's not exactly spry. They got yeah. these huge guys in Evan Mobley and Jared Allen crashing from the corners, and it causes absolute mayhem. Uh, really, a really impressive performance. I know the Nets were without KD. I get it. I understand that. Um, Kyrie Irving goes for 27 points on 12 of 23, had his usual assortment of sick moves and tasty <laughs> dimes and all the things that Kyrie does and was a plus 14 in the game. Harden was minus 18 in this game, shot five yeah. of 12, 22 points, seven rebounds, 10 assists as the Cavaliers just keep winning. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they rolled out this three point guard starting lineup with Patty Mills sharing the floor with Kyrie and James Harden out there, but not much depth. You weren't getting anything other than occasional points from LaMarcus Aldrich, but he also missed a couple bunnies late in the game. Like that was, that was really a tough look for him because he was right there at the rim and he missed one, was able to pull down the rebound, went up with it again, fell short on that too. Just not enough lift. Uh, that's just what happens when players continue to age. And uh, you know, he's just, He's just not the player he once was. Uh, from the net side of things, you expected them to struggle without Kevin Durant to provide those big points here and there. And as you mentioned before, Harden just looked a little bit shaky. I, I wanted to mention something, though, because what really stood out to me also is, is Kevin Love and the Kevin Love renaissance here where he's just been really, really good as a playmaker, too, for the Cavs this season. You mentioned how the Cleveland big space the floor there, and then you have him operating at the top of the elbow and just – making these incredible passes to a Jared Allen or a cutting guard or anybody else. He's just, he had five assists on the night today uh, in 20 minutes, just a really, really great playmaking big. And it's nice to see him out there embracing that role as a bench player too, because he adds another dimension to a really fast pace and energetic and just a really fun offense to watch too. This team is really, really good to watch. About two weeks ago, Bulls-Grizzlies would have looked like an absolute dynamite matchup of a surpri- two resurgent franchises, two franchises that caught everyone off guard by how good they were. Unfortunately, yeah. the Bulls, no Lonzo Ball, no Alex Caruso, and no Zach Levine uh, yep. with the knee injury. So, no Javante Green, by the way, as well. They are very short. And no Derek Jones Jr. Just a whole bunch of guys were out for the Bulls. And the Grizzlies were full strength, and the Grizzlies hit them in waves, which is what they do. Um, look, John Morant played 31 minutes and 30 seconds and was a plus one. That's it. For 31 minutes and, and 30 seconds of this game, the Bulls basically hung in there. Unfortunately, in the other 18 minutes, things went completely off of the rails because Brandon Clark went for 15 points off the bench, 7 of 8 shooting for the Grizzlies, 19 points. Uh, I'm sorry, plus 19 Tyus Jones was a plus 26. The bench unit wow. stops all over <laughs> because the Bulls were so shorthanded and they scored enough on their own. Uh, another great game from Desmond Bain, 25 points. He and Jago for 50 points and seven assists in this contest. Uh, the maybe best moment, however, was Jaron Jackson, who after there was a conflict between Ja Morant and Tony Bradley in this game, uh, mm-hmm. in order to calm things down and get things back under control, Stephen Adams calmly walked over to Tony Bradley, picked him up, and carried him back five steps because that's the kind of guy that Steven Adams is. He's just going to remove you from the equation. Um, impressive Grizzlies win. The Bulls are not themselves. They'll get Caruso back probably the next game. He was out with conditioning, coming back from health and safety protocols, COVID um, in this yeah. game. Lonzo Ball's injury is not expected to be long-term and Zach Levine avoided structural damage. The Bulls yeah. should be back to full strength down the line, which is why it's disappointing that this game was such a blow. It would have been a really fun game at full strength, but with Chicago so beat up, the Grizzlies ran wild. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll jump to the remainder of the games as we continue on the smorgasbord of MLK games here on Locked on NBA. We'll be right back. 
But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. They remain your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. Uh, I emotionally hedged. Uh, this team right here uh, by betting on the Steelers and that did not cash, but I'm okay with that. It's going to be an exciting weekend of games, parlays, teasers, round robins, all that stuff. You can find it at bet online new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. We'll be right back on locked on NBA. segment here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. With your boy Q and expert analysis from Lee Sterling, it's free and available on all platforms. Final segment here with Matt Moore and David Ramil breaking down the MLK Day slate. Always a big holiday in the NBA. And let's talk about the biggest individual performance of the day, David. Let's go out to Phoenix, uh, not Phoenix, San Antonio. San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah. This game was in San Antonio. Uh, Devin Booker went crazy in this game yeah 18 of 33 from the field five of 13 for three-point range seven of eight for the line so it wasn't like he was getting a lot of trips to the free throw line but he finished the night with 48 points to go along with five rebounds and six assists and also three steals so a nice defensive performance from him as well what's crazy is that you know the spurs starters actually hung in this game it's really crazy booker went for 48 points on 18 of 33 five boards six assists and was only a plus three like the Spurs yeah. hung in those minutes, but yeah. much like with the Grizzlies game, the bench is what absolutely dominated. Uh, Bismack Biombo. One of the things with the Suns is that they're able to stagger these lineups, so you wind up getting these minutes where it's like Chris Paul with Bismack Biombo, and then Cam Johnson taking over, and those yeah. guys just absolutely ran wild. Campaign was a plus thirty-three in this game, um, and mostly because the Spurs bench is atrocious and just cannot score. They do not have the guys on it. Like Lonnie Walker, the, the fourth was one of six tonight. When Walker does not score, that bench unit does not have enough kick. They just do not have enough. And they don't have enough options really to put anybody on the bench to kind of boost it up. They got to get those guys in the starting unit. So yeah. a rough one for the Spurs. They hung in this game, but Booker and company were just too much, especially that Suns bench. Yeah. Uh, just 23 points from the Spurs bench, too. That's a, a horrific number there. Biombo, 17 points off yep. the bench, 8 of 10 from the floor. He's been good for Phoenix. That's impressive that they've been able to incorporate Every big is good for Phoenix. It's crazy. Just, <laughs> their system is so pick and roll. It's like, hey, set it. If you are you a veteran? Can you set a good screen? Can you roll? Can you dunk? Okay, you're gonna have a good. You're gonna have a good good time when you're in Phoenix. Um, Pelican Celtics today was a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. It was uh, an early start, a little shaky. No Robert Williams, no Marcus Smart. Uh, the pace really favored uh, the Pelicans early on. Boston missed 16 of their first 18 three-point attempts. And Jonas Valanciunas was cooking for the Pelicans. He had another big game. What was it? Finished with 22 points on 9 of 17 shooting. But then... 
The Celtics took their first lead of the game late in the third, mostly because they had a 39-9 run afterwards to cruise to an easy victory. Jason Tatum, 27 points in total, 21 in the second half. Boston finds a way to win their fifth game and uh, fifth win in six games. So uh, a big overall game for Tatum. He had a strong performance there with Brown on the bench. Tatum took over and he dominated late in the game, having uh, you know big buckets uh, repeatedly. Uh, just a nice overall performance from him. Not much else you can say there. The Pelicans just look like they were completely spent by the time that third quarter rolled around. They had no idea how to contain Tatum, and they just fell apart as they have so often throughout the year. So another loss for them to put them 12 games under 500, and the Celtics hang on to uh, for a 104-92 to 92 victory over the Pels. Pacers Clippers, uh, these two teams should not have been able to score very well. And instead it wound up 139, 133 in regulation, like just absolutely bonkers scoring. Uh, The Clippers put up 40 in the first quarter. The Pacers put up 43 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Both teams, the only, there was only two performances in a quarter, but that was less than 30 points. Uh, wild performance, which I was not expecting this game. Thought I'd be under. The Clippers have not been able to score at all. And instead, they go 18 of 36 from three-point range, while yeah. the Pacers go 13 of 33. Shot 52% from the field and lost. Uh, this game was tight down the stretch, but the Clippers were able to put it away. The Pacers are now 4-20 and 20 in games within five points in the final five minutes on the season, David. 4-20. and 20. Insane. Exactly. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, this, this game honestly was a little bit insane just because the Pacers again should be so much better than them. And the fact that they're not is such a yeah. problem. Like, right. and, and some of it is even like Damon Sabonis, like Sabonis got outscored by eight points when he was on the court. How, how, like, how does that, I understand that the, the, the Clippers do have bigs, but yeah. that just absolutely should not happen. The Pacers bench kind of kept them in this. Yeah. They had 24 points from Chris Duarte. I mean, he's had a nice, solid rookie campaign. Uh, No Miles Turner for the Pacers. No Malcolm Brogdon. He was a late scratch as well, so they were missing a little bit defensively. And clearly, that showed when they allowed 32 points in Nick Batum on 7 of 10 three-point shooting. Boy, those Charlotte Hornets fans must be pissed off after a stat line like that. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's... uh, I'm not even sure why we're talking about this game other than it was part of the <laughs> slate. Like, neither of these teams are going anywhere. 22 That's and 23 uh, over the season for the Clippers. Like, I, I, you know, they have a nice performance here and there, followed by five really ugly ones, and then yeah. you never know what to expect out of them. And the Pacers have just been disastrous for the last few weeks. So we keep talking about them because we just happen to cover all their games on a Monday night. And you know what? They're not fun to talk about either of these teams, to be honest with you. Uh, I will say this. Miles Turner is getting a, re- a second opinion on his foot. Uh, that was a new news out of Scott Agnes that covers the Pacers and right. a little bit of concern around the league for what that might mean. Hopefully Miles Turner is going to be okay. Cause I love watching Miles Turner play basketball and would very much like him to get traded somewhere yes. where he's not on this team that cannot close a game to save their lives. Uh, Knicks Hornets. Speaking of not closing games. Yeah. Let's move on to the Knicks. Speaking of not closing games. Uh, the Hornets pull off the win 97 87 Pacers Clippers I thought would be this dredgy ugly stilted affair and this one I thought would be high scoring and instead it was the exact opposite I was very confused by this outcome yeah 38 points for Mikhail Bridges I mean he was Miles Bridges was a Miles sorry tonight 14 of 20 for 38 like uh, before we get to the rest of these game I just want to ask you 
Jaw's the favorite right now to win most improved, right? Okay. Because he's made the leap from like star to like superstar MVP guy. Yeah. If it wasn't for Jaw, or if Jaw were to get serious MVP consideration, which nobody's going to vote for like MVP and most improved, I don't know. Like Miles Bridges would have to be the guy. He just would have to be. He's averaging so like his production has jumped so much this season. Yeah, I, I think I think he deserves it more just because the baseline for his production was so much lower than what Morant's was like last year. Like Morant made an incremental jump. He's been phenomenal, but he was already very good. Whereas Bridges was just not anywhere close to this good. And what he's done is just a huge leap in comparison to where he was in the last season. So I, I think he's more deserving, but I think the storyline shifts more towards a more successful player on a more successful team overall. And so that's probably why Ja is likely to get it. One thing uh, that I thought was kind of interesting in this whole, this game was basically that uh, the Knicks really ran up against now they've been okay this season they are actually eighth in scoring versus zone they got had a little bit of trouble the the hornets basically do two things they run zone and switch and those two things really messed with the the knicks today for whatever reason they just could not get it together barrett had 18 points on 18 shots randall had 18 points on 16 shots the efficiency just wasn't there um, they had they shot 40% from the field and 35% from three. It just wasn't enough. Like this Hornets defense is very susceptible if you challenge it, but the Knicks very much allowed just settle for jumpers and it cost them ultimately in this game. Yeah. Uh only seven bench points for the Hornets. So that was a sad performance from them. Uh they were I, I can't even read this right. Three of 19. Their whole bench Ooh. was just three of 19. So not great, not a lot of depth, but they didn't need it because Bridges was so dominant in his performance as a starter. Again, 38 points for him. So a great stat line for him, second to just Devin Booker on the evening. They get the, the win without LaMelo Ball. Terry Rozier, 22 points on 8 of 18 shooting and 7 assists and 6 boards. Terry Rozier, again, having a really good season. Finally, let's wrap up with OKC Dallas. This game was was close. It, it really was like it, it obviously from the margin and it was that close. The thunder hang in there and they do this almost every game. They make it look good. They always make this game look the, the final score look good because they're a really sound defensive team. It's crazy. They lost by 70 at one point yeah. this season because they really are a pretty solid defensive team. The Mavericks shot 40% from the field and 32% from three and they get the win because that's how bad the thunder offense is. I will say, I thought that the, again, the Mavericks defense plays really well. Uh, I'm obligated to let you know that Luka Doncic had a triple double 20 points, 11 rebounds and 12 assists. He also shot four of 17 from the field and O of six from three. Not Not like Luka's still not there. He was a plus 12 because of the defense. The production was there, but this Mavericks team continues to get by on their defense. David, I don't understand it. I don't get it. It checks out an eye test. They're like, they're physical. They challenge you. They're up in your grill. They do the work. It just, it's so far from what we've seen from them every other season. I keep waiting for the pumpkin, for the carriage to turn back into a pumpkin, but yeah. it just keeps rolling right along. They're a good defensive team this season. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the report is also that they might be interested in acquiring Miles Turner, I guess, bringing him back where he played collegiately at Texas and might be even willing to include Jalen Brunson, who's been really, really good. Their second best player all season long. I'm not sure if that's the kind of trade 
that the Mavericks should be willing to make. I, I don't know how you feel about it. Again, I think both of us are big fans of what Turner can do, and I'm sure that they could certainly use him in Dallas, but not if it's going to cost them Jalen Brunson. I know there might be concerns about re-signing him and whether or not it might be a little too expensive to keep him on the Mavs roster, but either way, um, a, a dangerous gamble, I think, for because he's been such a good player for them. Do you think it's a deal that they should be willing to consider? I think the injury situation with, with Turner or something to keep an eye on. Um, sure. The other thing I'll say is I, I think I think getting a center is really important for the Mavericks because you need a rim threat. The problem yeah. is Turner takes a lot of pick and pop threes and he's pretty good at it, yeah. right? So the idea would be like, oh hey, we can play like five out with Porzingis and Turner, and then we have right. a shot blocker. We have two shot blockers on the interior. I actually I don't love the fit with KP. I just I just don't love like if they shipped out KP and got like a dynamic athletic power forward okay but kp's having a great season mm. he's turning it around so i don't necessarily expect that i don't love the fit if it's with kp i like the idea of miles turner with luka Doncic. i don't love the idea of miles turner with luka Doncic and chris desperzingas that makes sense that makes sense no it absolutely does all right, well, let's go wrap it up for Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for having us be we part did of it. We can catch this show on YouTube if you want to see uh, me in a quite a lovely hat as I celebrate a certain event that happened this weekend. And you can see David and his very pleasant face as well. Check out the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Make sure to download, rate, review, subscribe. Check us out. Give us a five-star review on iTunes or on Spotify. Help us out so much. Thanks very much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you guys again next week again on another edition of Locked On NBA.